and welcome to Come Along With Me, a podcast for fans who finished all 10 seasons of Adventure Time and want to journey back through the land of Ooh in an episode-by-episode analysis of Cartoon Network's most mathematical TV show. I am KK the Human. And I'm Laura, also the Human. This is Chapter 2.14, The Silent King, boarded by Jesse Moynihan and Cole Sanchez. In this episode of Come Along With Me, we learn that leadership can be a real pain in the butt, but at least it's all behind us. This podcast contains full spoilers for all of Adventure Time. If you haven't finished the series, turn back now. Finn and Jake have defeated the cruel Goblin King Zergiok, who tormented his subjects daily by spanking them. The goblins beg Finn to be their new, kinder king, and while Finn wants to decline, eventually agrees when he sees how lost the people are without one. Being a king means following a lot of rules. The king seemingly isn't allowed to do anything, not brush his own teeth, fight robbers, or even chew his own food. If Finn ever tries to act on his own, all the goblins around him cry out and offer their butts for spanking. Finn sings a lament about the fate he has consigned himself to. But then it turns out that Zergiok is attacking the city with an army of earclopses. Finn leaves behind a suit of armor with his face drawn on it as a fake king and rushes into battle wearing Jake as a suit. The pair of them deftly defeat Zergiok with sonic attacks, and when they get back to the castle, find the goblins happily piloting the fake king Finn, none the wiser. The heroes leave, pleased to find the goblins got the king they always wanted. The speaking's a choice, right? It's a choice. I'm not sure it's the choice I like. <laughs> well, it's like, I don't know, it makes light of abuse. I mean, these I mean, goblins I, are genuinely traumatized. These goblins are, I mean, I, I see why it happened. They're like, we want to do it about overthrowing a cruel king. But, you know, this is a mid-2000s Cartoon Network show. So it's not like they can actually have them having been executed or do anything that you like you know shows blood right so and spanking is a funny word i guess i mean it's funny it is funny they're always showing their butts it's funny (laughs) the art style in this episode felt different to me but maybe it's just because i've been seeing some like clips recently from more recent stuff maybe i mean the goblins are an interesting um people and they're all like like there's a lot of variation between the goblins that I feel like in a lot of when they go to random town x and meet random random people they're all kind of more uniform but the goblins are pretty different I mean maybe it's because goblins are like a stock fantasy character and people have a general you know when you already have a general sense of Elves look like this. You can get more varied into individual elf design. I think, like, maybe the same thing applies here. Yeah, that's true. What was your favorite part, Laura? (sighs) The goblin birthing pits? (laughs) I don't know. Just that concept made me laugh, even though I'm a little terrified that I just said those four words. Uh, Mine was that Finn just eats the wand. Zergiok's wand. That's probably going to give you some weird indigestion, right? (laughs) Like you're going to start pooping unicorns or something? Something like that. There's this one background goblin. He says, like, no rules, baby, start a riot. And I think he has, like, another line later in the episode. And he sounds like LSP. Is, Is it Pendleton Ward? I couldn't tell. I can't tell if it was Pendleton Ward was also doing the same voice or if it was just, like, a random voice actor who happened to hit upon that same voice performance 
Maria is the goblin that gets proposed to, and she's voiced by Maria Bamford, which I know you don't know who she is, but she does no, a bunch of voices in early Adventure Time, so that's cool. That's neat. I really, I actually really like that gag where that one goblin's proposing to the other, and the king comes in and starts spanking him, all being like, congratulations. Yeah. Oh, heck, Maria, I need to ask you something. Do you want to do this marriage thing with me? <laughs> <laughs> I also like, uh, her name is Maria, and the king's name is Zergiok. <laughs> That's honestly one of my favorite jokes in general in fantasy, when you have, like, or sci-fi, it's like, Zernio, Hecaber, and John. <laughs> it's a good joke. It's a good joke. I remember in an earlier episode, we were talking about how there aren't many kings in, ooh, well, this is another king. This is another king. Um, it seems that if you're a king in Ooh, you're going to be incompetent. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, it's not like the princesses are unilaterally competent, but I feel like there's a general higher baseline of competency. True. Finn's going to need a queen. I'll do it. <laughs> I knew you would like that line. Yeah. <laughs> ja- Again, uh, Jake is just unconcerned with gender roles. <laughs> Which actually leads me to a question like a history question are there any examples throughout history and i feel like there has to be from some culture or other of like the ruling monarchs not being like married but instead being like a pair of siblings yeah i don't know enough about it i feel like this is a restriction of western education like i i've never heard of that but i'm sure it exists. me neither so like if anybody does know of like any example in history where that's been the case i think that would be pretty interesting there's an example in uh fantasy with dealing with dragons because the dragon king is the king no matter their gender and the dragon queen is not necessarily their mate and no matter the gender yeah i I think i read the first dealing with dragons but i didn't go past that they're all there's like four of them they're worth a right read if you like you know young adult fantasy yeah, well, is it even young adult? I feel like it's kind of middle grade, right? Yeah, you're right. I think it's even middle grade. Yeah, but it's very cute. Uh, I definitely enjoyed that first one. Uh, Zergiok is voiced by Davy Johnson, who also voices Davy in Davy. For of course, in whom fact, the he was probably named after correct. Davey, the right? character was named after him. And I looked him up on IMDb. I didn't see any other voice acting credits. He's in a few other TV shows that I've heard of, like Garfunkel and Oates and. Key and Peele and um, hmm. Silicon Valley, but nothing, no, no other voice acting credits. It makes you wonder why then, like why, why were the uh, Adventure Time crew like, hey, remember that Davy guy? He voiced a few episodes. Let's bring it back for another voice. And in fact, name the entire episode after him. Yeah, like is he someone's friend? Maybe like they knew him. Or maybe there was just, like, a fun, like, I don't know, something happened, behind, you know, like, they just had a fun time behind the scenes, maybe? They were just like, yeah, we gotta bring Davy back. He was a riot, you know? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I noticed that the Royal Video Game Archive, which was, like, a very weird-looking VR space, uh, kind of looked like BMO. Yeah, I, I thought it might be a Mo as well. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if it was deliberately a Mo. Um, I think in the next episode we also see some things that retroactively make sense as Moe's, but it might have just been like, well, we've already introduced this one talking video game. Let's make all the video games look kind of like them. Yeah, who knows? But it is it is a cool continuity, whether intentional or not. For sure. Okay, you know what I did like? What? When they fall asleep, 
uh, as king and queen. Um, Jake as queen gets a goose and a lion to cuddle with him, while Finn gets two tigers. And, like, they're really out of the, the way that they're drawn is not a typical Adventure Time style. It's, like, really weird. I don't know. It is weird, but I kind of liked it. It, um, the, the lion reminded me of the Vampire King's form from Stakes. Oh, like, yeah. Remember at the end he turns into, uh, back into a lion? Mm-hmm. Question mark. Yeah, uh, it was a similar style there. Listen, sleeping with animals, like, in the same bed can be uncomfortable. I know this from experience. Um, so maybe this is me, like, maybe this is overrated, but it did look pretty comfortable. <laughs> well, do- I mean, Jake's a dog, so he probably likes sleeping with other animals at the very least. Yeah, and that's fine as long as he doesn't run continuously in his sleep, unlike my dog. Um, Love you, Chewy. <laughs> I know we were talking about how the spanking is iffy, but the line, <laughs> spank me instead, set my buttocks ablaze, is very good. And then Finn says, I'm not going to spank your hams. And <laughs> there's the song. And for some reason, KK, for the Goblin Ham song doesn't make it into a lot of Adventure Time medleys, and I don't know why. <laughs> That's shocking. I can't, can't imagine why. <laughs> It's really up there, I think, with I Remember You, you know? <laughs> um, getting your food chewed for you is one of the grossest things I've ever seen. One of the grossest things I've ever seen in Adventure Time. Like, Yeah, like, Finn does it at another point to feed some baby birds. That's fine. That's how baby birds work, okay? This was gross. <laughs> and the way they animated the chewed ham was one of the grossest pieces of animation I've ever seen in my life. It was very unpleasant. I did like the ear clops. I thought that was a cool monster design. Uh, By the way, in your write-up, your um, synopsis, you wrote ear tar. (laughs) Oh! (laughs) I mean... It's kind of the same thing, though, right? Yeah, we've been watching. We both watched Centaur World, y'all. I'm sure we'll wreck it in a future episode when it's relevant, but it is a delight. It's really fun. It's got some great music. Uh, I've actually been like, I don't know. I looked up one, and then YouTube just kept wrecking them to me. I look at them, like, yeah, actually, I could re-listen to that song, actually. And I would say, if you're an Adventure Time fan, there's a lot of um, a lot to me about the world building of Centaur World that really reminds me of Adventure Time. It does, yeah. I, I think that's fair. Um, but, you know, what I was really getting when I was watching Suntour World is I was watching and I'm like, I'm getting some real My Little Pony Friendship is Magic vibes. But then I was like, am I just saying that because it's also horses, you know? The thing is, I then, um, you know, the, the creator credits came in and I was like, oh god, now I have to look it up. Um, but regardless, I was like, I really recognize the same. And it was one of the showrunners of My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. So <laughs> I wasn't imagining it. It was definitely... <laughs> And it, it felt like, so for context, I have watched a few seasons of My Little Pony and I enjoyed it, but I kind of always thought that the fandom maybe kind of wanted it to be something it wasn't, um, just because like they wanted it to be these big epic fantasy stories, which they got as like season openers and cappers, but the rest of it was just uh, slice of life ponies doing stuff. Um, this much more felt like they were now allowed, you know, this show was the large-scale epic fantasy adventure that I think a lot of uh, My Little Pony fans wanted. 
It was great. Uh, it was great. This, is, this yeah. has been your Centaur World Corner. Sorry, guys. Centaur World Corner. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we can't keep the Media Rex to the Media Rex Corner. In we gotta... Centaur World. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, Ear Clops. Uh, cool, cool monster design. Cool design, extremely inefficient for an army. Extremely inefficient, and it does remind me of the fact that ears are maybe one of the ugliest body parts of the human body. <laughs> yeah, I guess we don't right. normally new to notice them because they're kind of at the side, and you can hide them by your hair. But they're they're not exactly the the most aesthetically pleasing, are they? No, but funny funny concept for Adventure Time. Um, Jake suit, Jake suit, Jake, Jake suit, suit. Jake suit. Oh man. I'd skipped over this episode in my last rewatch, um, so I'd been kind of surprised when Jake's suit didn't show up until the episode Jake's suit, but it turns out I just missed the Jake's suit, so. Yeah. Why is the Jake's suit so caked up? We'll never know. Why does his tail become so much fluffier? <laughs> we don't know. Why does Jake's suit make... Why is it so effective? Yeah. We don't know. Jake is still flesh and blood, like... <laughs> yeah, like, he... I mean, he's a shapeshifter. Do you think he's able to shift his skin to be tougher? I think we would have seen it happen. Right, but maybe it's like he can only do it with, with Finn's will. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Jake's suit squeaks me out a little. Yeah, a little bit. Why do your insides yeah. smell like vanilla? A wizard put a curse on me. That doesn't sound like a curse, Jake. Honestly, that sounds like... A bonus? Yeah. <laughs> like, if, if every time somebody, if, you know, you're kissing someone, they're like, you smell like vanilla, that would be a, a good thing, right? I I would think so. Now, admittedly, I don't think people are spelling the inside of your body that much. So maybe I it's mean, a very hopefully niche Hopefully not. Hopefully not. But, um, I don't know. This is a really hard episode for me to, like, pin down how I feel about yeah, it's honestly, like, it's not, like, offensive to me. It's just, like, meh. It feels like a very traditional Adventure Time adventure, you know? Yeah. For better and for worse? Yeah, sure. I guess, so, I, I get you. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I don't know what more you want from us, guys. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> All right, everybody, it's time for snail mail. We're digging into our mailbag for a couple of listener questions. The first one comes from Emma the Human, who says, Hello, I'm so excited. I love your podcast. Thank you very much. Um, I've been listening for a few months and now I'm hooked. I have a question for you. What is the biggest flaw in Adventure Time, in your opinion, and why? That's a really interesting question, isn't it, KK? It is, you know, and... I am not above critiquing my favorite media. In fact, I think mm-hmm. it's a really necessary part of being in a fandom. But mm-hmm. um, I just, I don't know, none of them are really stand out to me in Adventure All right, time. well, give give a couple of your, like, top Small ones. ones. Okay. Um, well, I think the lack of acknowledgement that Finn is a kid and everyone's always hitting on him is a little weird to me. Um, yeah, that very much feels like... it. it they wanted to parody other aspects of fantasy without considering the weirdness of it being a 12-year-old and not, like, a 30-year-old barbarian. Right, and, you know? it, like, they could have had the princesses being, you know, coded as young girls also, but instead it's just kind of like they seem like adults and Finn is a kid. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, I think we'll probably touch a bit more on this during that very, very brief section where Princess Bubblegum gets turned into a 12-year-old. That's right. That's right. Because I've, I've got a lot of opinions on that, and <laughs> I'm try- I am I have to hold myself back here because that's a rant. F- not even a rant, just a discussion for another discussion day, I think. Day. All right, what about you, Laura? What, what are some flaws of Adventure Time for you? You know, for me, I actually knew immediately what I think the biggest flaw of Adventure Time is. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put a caveat, a little caveat. I'd say the flaw is that in early Adventure Time, I don't think it was willing to commit to any big shakeups of the status quo. Okay. Now, I will say, I think the show did a pretty good job of eventually looping this into being one of the show's central themes, uh, you know, as summed up in um, Let's Go to, what's the song? Let's Go to the Garden? Mm-hmm. Uh, everything uh, Stays. Everything stays, which is all about, like, just because something goes back to the way it was or you find something the same after leaving it doesn't mean it actually is the same. So I think it does a pretty good job of kind of, like, retroactively making it work better. Um, But, you know, early Adventure Time, you know, they introduce a whole bunch of one-off characters who stay one-offs until seven seasons down the line when the writers remember them. Um... You know, early Adventure Time will do things like, um, oh, Princess Bubblegum is a kid now. And you're like, oh, that's exciting. Where are they going to go with that? And then three episodes later, the writers go, oh, we don't actually want to do anything with it and switch her back. Or they'll be like, oh, by the way, Princess Bubblegum. Or they'll go, oh, by the way, Lady Rainicorn, she's pregnant and she's going to have kids. And you go, oh, that that's really going to be a shakeup. I can't wait to see how that's going to affect Jake's character and their relationship. And then they raise a make the babies age up in a single episode. And again, they do decent things of like I don't know, making they it don't work. drop it as a storyline, but it's never it's not as prominent as you would think. It's not as prominent, and it just feels like they were afraid of going full serialization early on, or or really trying to experiment with shakeups to the status quo. And I think if they'd embraced that earlier, we could have got a lot more fully fledged out arcs early on and got that later season writing earlier. Yeah, because the last seasons are my favorite. You know, I'm not I'm not mm-hmm. saying I don't love them, but they have to shove like Marceline and then Finn's mom and then PB's backstory all so close together. And it's like it would have been nice if those were more scattered throughout the series and we had like more time to breathe around those very serious, you know, backstory episodes. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, Susan Strong, it felt like for four seasons, we danced around, is she a human? Is she not? Until finally the writers were comfortable being like, okay, she is a human and we're going to come up with a backstory and we're not going to be fixated on keeping it ambiguous because we don't want to come down one way or another, right? Yeah. So that, that's what I personally think is the show's greatest flaw. Cool. Uh, we have another question this time from Fake Name again. Thank you for writing in. Uh, they ask, uh, what is our least favorite Adventure Time episode? Um, which, like, I think maybe we should just pull from the episodes we've already seen for the for the show, just because there's ten seasons to remember. But I don't know that my answer would be different, and it's slow love. <laughs> I'll admit, uh, of all the episodes I've watched so far, slow love is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> it's just unpleasant on every single level. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
I, I guess when he beatboxes with swords, that's pretty cool. But everything else. Everything else is kind of bad. <laughs> and so I agree. I don't want to pull too much from the ones we haven't seen, mostly because, um, you know, I haven't done, like, a full rewatch of every single episode in, like, literally for some of these, like, seven years. Um, and when I did a rewatch, I skipped the episodes. I, f- I remembered being kind of met on often because why would I do that? So don't have a super strong memory of a lot of them. I will say I'm not a big fan of Another Way. Uh, those clowns freak me out a little bit. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, but it's not as bad as uh, Slow Love, so. Um, yeah, ask us this question again when we have a couple more seasons under our belts. We'll see if that answer changes. Agreed, agreed. But thank you very much for everybody who sent in questions. We love to receive them, so always feel free to, you know, email us, DM us on Twitter or Tumblr or whatever. Okay, uh, we have something which, uh, it's a segment I guess we should come up with a name for since we're getting new Adventure Time content <laughs> nowadays. Uh, but, do we, uh, what's a breaking, new, uh, a breaking news name that's Adventure Time related? Hmm. Jake's newsletter? I guess Jake does have a newsletter, right? And the squirrel <laughs> hates him because he... Because <laughs> he won't publish his letters. <laughs> okay. Um, does this mean that if anybody wants to, like, send in angry emails to us in the form of a squirrel, we have to ignore it? Like, well, what's the context around that? I mean, I guess they'll never know. They'll never know. Yeah, exactly. It's a mystery. Okay, Jake's <laughs> newsletter, new segment. Well, it's a very exciting day because we are getting 10 episodes of Fiona and Cake. Was it 10 episodes? I couldn't actually, maybe I just skimmed over it. Where did it say that it was going to be 10 exactly? Uh, I mean, it's just in all the press releases I've seen. The 10 episode series will premiere on HBO Max. Okay. Yep. And do we know how long those episodes are going to be? I don't. Um, I'm hoping, you know, 10 or 20, 20, 11 or 22. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't think we need, like, 40-minute, uh, 10, 40-minute episodes. That might be a bit much, even for someone who adores Adventure Time. Uh, yeah, Adam Mucho's gonna be the showrunner. Of course, he was the showrunner from, I think, season five on, season six on of Adventure Time. Relevant to our current podcast, because he is Rebecca Sugar's storyboard partner in season two. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's a great sign that he's gonna be involved. Yeah, so I've definitely seen mixed feelings about this kind of and about personally I'm really excited yeah I was I wasn't ever like I don't know I want any new Adventure Time content you know what I mean Fiona and Cake mm-hmm. just like aren't high on my list of characters I'd want to see portrayed in future series however I've been sitting on this for a day and I've decided that I love multiverse shenanigans so much that my heart is open and I'm very very excited now yeah so here, here's my rationale about it number one you know, we've already had three Distant Lands specials, and every single one of them was good to great. Distant Lands was first announced. I was also kind of like, I mean, do we need it, though? We already had such a great finale, but I was optimistic that they could still do great things with the universe, and they have. Two, like you said, we've got Muto on board, and I mean, Muto loves Adventure Time, and he's poured his heart and soul into it, and we know he does great stuff, so... I'm excited about that, you know. Three? Simon. I, pardon? Simon. Okay, yeah, Simon. (laughs) I love Simon. You know, one of my, I'm not even going to say that I'm disappointed about it exactly, but the series ends 
with Simon getting cured, which means we have, what, over, like, 300 episodes of Simon being, you know, his mind corrupted as a torturous existence as Ice King, and then, okay, he's Simon, he's Morning Betty, we get a glimpse of him in Obsidian, that's it. But now we get all Simon. Yeah! <laughs> We're as hyped. Um, now, I know some people, I saw some people being disappointed that Marceline isn't going to be featured. Like, we're doing a Simon's miniseries without Marceline. I see where they're coming from, but I, again, think, A, I don't actually think it's guaranteed that she won't be in it, right? Like I agree. I think with multiverse shenanigans, that implies to me that it's very likely some of the original cast will show up. Probably not significantly, but I think they'll show up. Yeah, like, come on. Uh, having characters meet their gender-bent selves is, like, 101 for universe spending shenanigans right right um it would be a waste to not have them interact quite frankly and we know the voice actors are on board for extra stuff because of distant lands exactly so a i don't actually think that there's zero chance that we're going to be having any marcel that there's zero chance marceline's going to show up b i actually think seeing simon interacting with marshall lee also opens up some interesting possibilities character wise so would ice queen be what simone so it depends on how much they actually take from the comics, the Fiona and Kate comics by Natasha Allegri, which I haven't read, but my partner Joe has, and she absolutely adores them. Um, and I actually asked, what is the Ice Queen's deal? Because she is actually a different character from Ice King as we know him, Simon Petrikov. Uh, she was a water nymph who was dying and a mysterious someone gave her the crown to save her life. Um, and we don't actually see who that person was, uh, but it's implied that it might have been alternate universe Simon. So Simone gifted the crown to her, it seems to be implied. Oh, okay, all right. I'm into so that. So this might suggest that, so for me, if you were going to, like, I don't expect everything from the comics to come through that's just sort of natural with tear be canon, whatever you want to call it, but considering that, uh, you know, Natasha Allegri did create Fiona King, or at least the initial concept of him, it makes sense that they'd probably incorporate some of the stuff from the comics. So if I was in the position of writing this, it would be like, okay, Marshall Lee was raised in part by Simone in this alternate universe, but in this universe, she's just another dead parental figure for poor Marshall Lee. How does he react to this gender bent version of her showing up out of the blue, you know? Dang. Yeah. And then, I don't know, like, for me, one of the most interesting things about Fiona and Cake is how they hold up a mirror to the main cast while not being identical to them. Like, for example, in the, those same comics, there's an implication that, like in our world, uh, Prince, Prince Gumbald Prince Gumball, not bald, and Marshall Lee dated, but it seems like it ended way worse between them, and, like, they have, like, some legit bad blood between each other, and that would be pretty interesting to explore. Like, I think there's some cool stuff that you could be doing. Yeah, man, I'm excited. Yeah, so I like that. Um, and yeah, I love, I love me some alternate universe dimension hopping shenanigans. Uh, it has the potential to go bad if you don't know what you're doing, but... I mean, this is hardly the first time that Adventure Time has danced with ridiculous high nonsense, is it? 
No, and I have every faith that they can do it awesomely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have been seeing a lot of jokes online about how this is going to be getting all those people who had crushes on, like, Marshall Lee in 2012 but haven't watched a single episode since then come back into the <laughs> fandom. <laughs> hmm. So, I don't know. Uh, if Honestly, if that does happen, great. I don't care why you're watching Adventure Time. Come in and watch Adventure Time, you know? Amen. Amen. So, Laura, uh, do you have any media recs for us today? Perhaps about reluctant leaders? Yeah, actually, uh, I would like to recommend Animorphs, uh, which was a 90s, maybe early 2000s, when did it actually end? Uh, Middle grade, uh, serialized, you know, scholastic books. Um, about a group of kids who get powers from the aliens to turn into animals so they can fight an alien invasion. And it's fun, and it's action-y, and every single character has trauma and is committing war crimes. (laughs) It's intense, (laughs) y'all. I have read maybe the first ten books, but sometimes I have Laura just explain future plots of Animorphs to me, and they're so crazy and so intense, and... I think if you're, like, maybe as disappointed with J.K. Rowling as the whole world should be, Animorphs can really fill that Harry Potter niche because similar, like, level of reading and similar-ish content, but just it does it better. It does it better, and it's also uh, worth saying that K. Applegate is uh, openly trans-supporting, so, you know. (laughs) That's uh, maybe something we're saying. Um, no, but a really big theme about Animorphs um, is leadership sucks, and the main character was just a regular, like, you know, th- there's kind of that trope where the leader is the most boring character, kind of because they have to be, like, the bread of the team sandwich, if you know what I mean. Sure. Um, and I think Animorphs is one of those ones that leans into it the best, where, yeah, Jake is just a super ordinary guy, and if he hadn't been given these powers he would have been just an average guy in life but um no he's now forced to make calls on hey should we torture this person for for information and what's the ethics of murdering people <laughs> and uh he's like 14 <laughs> and it uh it does a number on him i'll say that so if you're looking for for something that i don't even know how to describe what animorphs is exactly because it's very fun while also being very depressing, and that I really dig that the contrast between those two things. Yeah, and you're like, hey, yay, fun animals, and then you're like, crushing questions of individualism and war. And it's also worth saying that I think there's being a bit of a renaissance. I think there's a movie series in the works, but there's also been like audiobooks being released. There's a graphic novel series that's coming out. Uh, the first book is out. So, hey, if, if there are other formats that you prefer to digest your your stories, that those those might uh, suit you. Thank you for joining Laura and KK the Humans on Come Along With Me. If you would like to send us a message, you can always email us at adventuretimepod at gmail.com. Or you can follow us at Twitter at Come Along With Me, where the last E is a three. Or on Instagram and Tumblr at adventuretimepod. Now, come on. Grab your friends and go to very distant lands. Thank you.